Hello, friends. Welcome to the podcast. This is episode 55 of the Questions Podcast, where we are smart enough to be dangerous and full of spiritual minty freshness. (laughs) We're full of a lot of things, but we're also full of cold-blooded love. But not coronavirus. Nope. As far as we know. I don't think so. Yeah, as far as we know. I do have a present for you. Coronavirus? No. What did you get me? Oh man, a roll of toilet paper. Thank you so your much. Roll of toilet paper. Boy, this is a jumbo roll too. Yeah, that'll last a little while. Oh man. You know what? If I get like uptight and worried, yeah. I'll just squeeze the Charmin. Squeeze it. Here you go. I got I got a present for you. A water bottle? Yeah. No, no, I got one of those. Oh, okay. Well then I you have one. one. But mine's limited edition. No, no. This one this one's first street purified drinking water. This is the good stuff. First Street. That's it's not. A, it's not even Kirkland. That's smart and final. Uh, is it okay? Well, yeah. We must have not been able to get Kirkland water because it, with the toilet paper, is out of the shelves. Well, I so we actually had to go to that Walmart had no. I had to make a run. Yeah, I took old Pastor Nick with me, and we made a run down to Smart and Final. Yeah. Did they have toilet paper? They did. They had plenty of toilet paper, and they had mm-hmm. plenty of water. Well, there you go. And so we picked up both, not because we were panicking. Yeah. But because um, we actually use that here at the church. Quite a bit. So the good news is, um, you know, our, our, our people, uh, not only is your sin wiped clean, but some other things. We've got plenty of toilet paper here at yes. Cross Connection Church. So you're good. So I think so, yeah. That's a, should we do a big, like, toilet paper giveaway or something? Man, oh, man, we probably get a whole bunch of people coming to church, except that the state of Washington, actually, should we do our music? Before we go into the news. You mean the suspenseful news yeah. stuff? Yeah. Get ready. Quiet. I'm feeling newsy. In, In the, the news, news. Uh, I heard on the radio that the state of Washington has just uh, put a, a uh, how shall we call it? A restriction. A restriction on crowds over 250 people. Um, who knows? State of California could follow. And uh, that could that could be... Difficult for some churches, some church gatherings. Not for us. You know why? Uh, our services are, they only really about 200 people. Well, the, here's the deal. We can just make them sit outside and then just take turns. You oh, know? here you go. Yeah. Yeah. Or we're going to do live on the air podcast episode church. Yeah. So they could be hanging out outside. Right. Eating donuts. Hmm. Doing churchy opportunities. Lots of things in the news and like... Ninety-eight percent of it has to do with coronavirus, so it's very hard to not talk about this. Yeah, you know it's interesting because I read some articles, right? And I'll I'll read an article and I'll go, man, that was full of wisdom and that was level-headed and like, this is what people should be hearing. Mm. And then some of these other articles, it's just crazy. It's like I saw this one headline: "We're all going to die." Uh, one commentator, news commentator, said the human race is in grave danger of stupidity. Not coronavirus. We've tested positive for that for sure. Yeah. And the whole thing was about, you know, we're, we're very worried about toilet paper and water and, uh, no, never have so many brain cells been sacrificed on the altar of toilet paper fever. Um, yeah. I mean, I understand people are concerned and people get concerned when, uh, they don't have a lot of information or when they are getting conflicting information and there's nothing like conflicting information come on about this thing. Ooh, man. It's like everywhere you turn, there's a different different idea, thought, perspective. Question. Yes. Well, I've got a couple questions. Okay. So, do you save money? Do I save money? Yes. Why? Uh, for the off chance that I need it. Okay. Right. Uh, do you wash your hands? I am one of those people that does wash my hands frequently. Okay. You- I wouldn't call myself a germaphobe, but okay. I like cleanliness. Well, give us clean hands. There you go. Give us pure hearts. That's biblical. Let us not give our germs to another. God let us be a generation that seeks God, the Jacob, God of Jacob. That's from Psalm 24, is it? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. So, uh, but we take reasonable precautions. I mean, I got car insurance. Well, we just talked for several weeks about wisdom. Yeah. So knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. So knowledge is just having facts and information. Understanding is interpreting that correctly. And then wisdom is applying that directly. So I will say we have a lot of, information about this coming from us from Italy and Germany. Germany says they expect 70% of their population to ultimately be infected by the coronavirus. That's pretty gnarly uh, consideration. But um, but yeah, so we have a lot of information. 
The question is how to interpret that. And there's a lot of people interpreting it in different ways. Crazily. Is that a word? Crazily? You just said it, so I'm with you. Okay, there you go, man. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm tossing it out there. I mean, my wife, she works in the uh, in- intensive care unit, and she's around infectious diseases quite frequently. In fact, sometimes she comes home and says, don't touch me. I need to go and change out of these soiled garments. And they look perfectly fine, but you there just, might be pathogens on the So garments. you like hose her off in the front yeah, yard? Much, what do you much, do? Yeah. You run yeah. her through the microwave? What do you, what do, you do? A microwave is good. Some UV light and then, you know, just bombard her with every form of radiation we can find. And then spray her, hose her down with li- Lysol? Much, yeah. And um, do, you so, yell, do you yell unclean, unclean when she comes through the garage? No, but I, I did ask her, so, you know, what's the, what's the take in the ICU? And she said, well, we're, we're doing our best to do the things we normally do to stay away from infectious pathogens. Yeah. Um, but she did say that there is a concern of them running out of masks because people have been making a run on the masks. And so they might have to use like this whole breathing apparatus instead of a mask, which they will have to clean and disinfect every time they come out of a room. Um, but if they run out of masks, then, you know, they have to, they have to come up with other protocols. Well, use the other protocols that they have. You want to hear something funny? Huh? So I, I have my middle brother. Yeah. It's always the middle. Child. Is that Alan or Chris? Chris. Okay. I didn't know the order. So he hangs out in a cigar shop. Uh-huh. And he works from there sometime on his computer. And so uh, one of the guys comes in the cigar shop and it, it's they could probably do a reality TV series in there. I think that's already been done. Yeah, oh they do. In a cigar shop? Probably. Okay. I would so, be surprised. So uh, one of the guy has one of those what, M95 masks or whatever uh-huh. they are. Yeah. And N95. He, N95. Okay. Well, he pops a hole in it and he's smoking cigars through his mask. Yeah, I think that's not the way it's supposed to go. Yeah, I, I don't think so. But I I told them if you don't get a picture of that, you're not my brother anymore. I want that picture. So, that's his job, his assignment. It's crazy out there, people. Yeah, use use your rationality and be wise. You need to wash your hands and obviously it's a real it's a real health scare and issue. Um but we're going to have to kind of wait and see. There's not much else you can do. It's kind of like it, it's a little bit different than like waiting for a hurricane or something I imagine because I've never lived in hurricane hurricane country. Hurricane? But I mean, at least in that thing you know like okay, this could hit us. And you're getting ready, and that maybe that's why people are buying water bottles and, and toilet paper. They think it's like a storm that's going to make it hard for them to get water bottles I and guess. toilet paper. But like, good chance that it's going to come through here. And you know, one of the upsides of this, and Andrea's told me this quite a bit, is uh, there's no pediatric cases or deaths from this. That so that's good. At least it does not seem to affect children, but it does affect those who are older and who have uh, other other medical conditions that could be causing their a decrease in their immune response to viruses. Yeah. I heard so. a couple of nurses talking the other day and they're like, I'll tell you one thing that's great. It's coming to this. People are actually washing their hands. That is helpful. Yeah. So we were, don't my, touch your face, which I think I've done 12 times since we started well, recording. Yeah. But it's your, it it's your cooties and my cooties. It's no, and I else's. did just wash my hands. There so, you go. Yeah. yeah. So are uh, you worried about this? Not in the least, not in the least. I, I, I was, someone asked me the other day or if I was worried and I said, I, I would be more concerned if there were some people I knew in the hospital with it. Now, that's not to say that couldn't happen. I mean, that certainly could happen. Um, but, you know, at this point, it's like, it's kind of feels like a weird waiting game, but it is kind of strange. Yeah, I, I'm not really afraid of the coronavirus. Yeah. In fact, I was saying like, man, I would, those people that are in the hospital there, I would totally go pray for those people. It doesn't freak me out at they all. They won't let you in. I can't believe that. No visitors. I'm a big cheese. They should let me in. No visitors except for... Uh, direct immediate family right now yeah so anyway i would totally go pray for those people and it it doesn't freak me at all but i tell you what i don't know if it freaked out but what concerns me Uh uh-huh is there's a problem that's a potential serious problem but really it's completely eclipsed by the real hysteria out there and like people are doing some really dumb things uh in what way just losing their minds i mean people certainly seem keyed up panicked yeah, yeah. And, and like shutting I mean, everything you, down i watched a, i watched a news spot the other yeah. day that if that was the only news that i had to go on it was a, a regular one of the one of the big three nbc cbs abc i think it was abc it was like a 12 minute segment on abc news if i had only that to go off of that was a loud car 
I would be terribly concerned because yeah. the way that they put it, it, it seems incredibly frightening. But I mean, the, the, the media, the news media does kind of thrive off this stuff because uh, they make money when people Lots watch their television shows. Yeah. So, you know, the more viewers they have, the more dollars they make. So they have kind of an unhealthy incentive to give uh, hysterical news, I think, or to drum up news in a way that's like that. It, it kind of creeps me out a little bit when you see like a news person or a politician smiling. Right. When they're talking about this. Yeah. And it's like... At least pretend to be concerned. Yeah. yeah. It, it's like it's like they almost wanted it to happen. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a... That's kind of freaky. Um, it was kind of cool this morning. You know, when a, when a man has a godly wife, he's got a good thing, right? Yeah. So we were just hanging out this morning and... Uh, I My wife is a... You know, she's not a nurse anymore, but... She still has that nurse mentality. She used to be one. And uh, I'm like, gosh, there's got to be a scripture we could recite mm-hmm. that if you recite it would take about the same time as the birthday song. That would be a constructive pe- thing for people to memorize as they're washing their hands. And uh, I'm like, you know, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. And, you know, she finishes it for me and says, but of power and love and of a sound mind. And Second uh, uh, Timothy, Timothy? Uh, one seven. One seven. And do you know that if you recite that twice, it takes exactly twenty three seconds. Uh huh. And that is how long you are supposed to wash your hands. There you go. So we're just like, well, that's a constructive thing, and that is the word that should be on people's hearts. Like we need to have sound minds, people. It's so crazy out there. Seattle schools are closing. I bet the kids are just that just, just came out. Just really bummed about that. The president is set to address the nation tonight. Whoa. Is mulling an emergency declaration. The NCAA or NCAA AA. NCAA March Madness. They're not gonna have any fans to watch the basketball okay. games. What about the National Basketball Association? Yeah, it looks like they also are going to be adjusting what they are doing. The uh, Let's see here. San Francisco bans large events. So now we've moved into California. Warriors will play without fans. That, that should be interesting. So lots of things to pray about. Hmm. In other news, Harvey Weinstein got, um, he, uh, got sentenced today to 23 years in jail. Think he's going to make it 23 years? I don't know. How old is Harvey Weinstein? He looks pretty old. How old is Harvey Weinstein? He is 67. That's really? What, 12 years older than you? 10 years older than 10 you. 10 years older? Are you 57? Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm 56. So he's 11 years. Yeah, yeah. man, I thought you weren't 57. Yeah, I, I didn't look a day over 50, 1966. Right? Yeah, yeah. I thought I was doing my math pretty yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, he, he really looked old during that trial, walking with that walker like he couldn't get in there. I think he was gold bricking, bro. Yeah, I don't know. 23 years, it seems like not enough. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Well, not know. a fan of the guy. Not a fan. No, he's not uh, He's not in my top five. That's for sure. No. No. So. Yeah, so um, most everything in the news is uh, coronavirus. Co- coronavirus apocalypse. That's what I'm calling it. The yeah, there's not a lot of happy news out there, is there? I was looking like crazy for some happy news. Every single news source that I went to, whether it has to do with the markets, has to do with science, has to do with education, has to do with religion, has to do with politics, has to do with world news, has to do with national news, local news, all of it is coronavirus. Because the World Health Organization declared today it is officially a pandemic. That's what I heard. So yeah, so um, I, I now understand the difference between an epidemic and a pandemic. So at least, the very least, we get to learn some things in this process. Uh, an epidemic. You're, you're telling me the pandas got this too? Well, it did come from China, although I, I did hear that you're not supposed to say that because apparently it is ethnocentric and racist to say that it came from China. But it, it is a fact. It originated in Wuhan, China. Is that like a, a, a the, is that what they call a hate fact? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but anyways, um, so an epidemic is just like a large-scale sickness in one area, but a pandemic is when it starts to spread to multiple areas and it's happening in multiple regions or countries or, yeah. Wow. You know the only place that there is no coronavirus right now? Antarctica. 
Really? We should go there. No way, dude. Then you're going to freeze to death. Well, there's none. There's no coronavirus there. There's probably good polar bear hunting or something, but ice fishing or something. Mm, lots of penguins in Antarctica. Antarctica. Yeah, that just seems kind of chilly. Now, I heard a weird one. Huh. That a dog had low-level coronavirus. Really? Yeah, legit thing. Dog, you're canine, gonna, you're gonna canine fact check coronavirus. Me. There you go, right there. Canine coronavirus. And I'm thinking it's like the planet of the apes all over again. Pets probably won't spread the coronavirus to humans, experts say. Dog tests positive for coronavirus. There you go, see? Government says pets of the infected should be quarantined. Your little kitty and your little doggy. Mm. It's pretty bad when Fluffy the Labrador gets Man, it. Jack better not get coronavirus. Jack the dog. You That's know, my dog. No, I know. But yeah. I'm, I, yeah, well, he better watch it because I saw his replacement potential the other day. Now let's, let's, uh, <coughs> pardon me, let's not, oh, oh, dry cough. Coronavirus. Yeah. Yeah. You're done. Let's not talk about the potential don't, replacement. Don't, don't worry, Miles. I will soldier on. Yeah. Until you get well again. Yes. And I won't good. make fun of you at all. I don't have, although I was out to lunch uh, with my, our friend, David Guzik. Yeah, today. the Guzmeister. And we went to a little taco shop up by Calvary Chapel Bible College. And uh, after we ordered our food, I went over and they had, you know, the typical Mexican taco shop, little salsa bar. Yeah. With the sneeze know, guard. Yeah. And the, um, the carrots and the whole deal. And I, I did think twice about, should I? Should I? There's no way coronavirus could, could possibly survive the jalapeno. Yeah. So I did have some carrots. Good man. And, Good uh, man. And then David said he has been having a bit of a fever. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe he's a carrier for the coronavirus. There you go. I sure hope not. You know, we had lunch. So He's got Saturday night fever. He said he's a couple weeks behind on listening to the podcast. I told him he better get on top of it. Jeez. We're talking smack about him all the time Pretty just much. to make sure he stays listening. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. Wow. So dogs with the, the virus, we got... This is the zombie apocalypse, man. I hope not. Nah. I hope I'm we're good. not scaring our listeners. I hope they're actually understanding that we're not. Uh, we're not downplaying this. Well, it's, you're it's not. A, I totally am. It's a health problem. Clearly. I'm not worried about it, though. I'm not worried. I, I no. feel like going out and getting it just so I could get it over. Nah, don't with. do that. You are more. Yeah. You're I'm more advanced immune. in age. You're definitely immune compromised. Oh, come on now. Dude, I, I ride a mountain bike. I am like a, you know, I am know, a man. respiratory machine. You just said you're 57, <laughs> even though you're not. So you might be kind of slipping. The black lung. Clutch is slipping. The clutch is slipping, yeah. Yeah. Well. Right. Just a thought. I mean, I remember when we were you know, kids. You know, it'd be really cool if we could take callers on our show. That would be much more fun to have like a call-in program. Well, Maybe someday we'll What do we that. have to do to do that? We need to be live, but I mean... I don't know that any of our people would listen to us live. I think Because then they we'd would. have to do it on a set time every week, and we're not exactly set time kind of individuals. Well, I mean... I don't keep a real great schedule sometimes. I'm not criticizing, bro. I'm not judging. Yeah. I mean, I'm here on Wednesdays pining away. Well, that's because I was at the Bible College teaching. You were doing good things. And then having lunch at the taco shop across the street. I know. I was College. here a little lonely. I didn't, have, I didn't have tacos. Now... So I got a funny news story for you. Oh, Yeah. Do you remember Pablo Escobar? That name ring a bell? Yeah. Pablo Escobar was a uh, big-time drug uh, cartel leader. Yes, he did. Leader, and right? he escaped yeah. a couple yeah. times. So He's like Houdini. I guess, I guess there's some people that are related to Pablo Escobar that are promoting that they have made an Escobar smart flip phone. The Escobar flip phone, Okay. They're promoting. You can buy this thing. It's a smartphone. It's like one of these new smartphones that flips, you know, kind of like the new Razor, the Motorola Razor. The thing was kind of cool. It does look interesting. But because I'm an Apple guy, I could, I I could you, never you, venture that direction. Yeah, yeah. Rent your it's garment. A, it's an Android device. But so, so there's this group that somehow is connected to the Escobar family, and they have released a smartphone that's a flip phone. And you can buy it for $349, and they will ship it for free. So you can buy the $349 phone. They'll ship you a phone. So it's, it's a smartphone. It's got this gold exterior, and it's got this little symbol for the Escobar family or something on it. But the people, some, some videos I watched of some people who are YouTube people purchased this phone. Like, okay, we want to see what this is. Well, 
their $350 just, you know, sprouted wings and flew away. They never got the phone. So then finally, one of these guys I was reading about and watching his video, they came out with Escobar flip phone number two. And he thought, fine, I'm just going to do it again. Let's see if they'll send me a phone. Well, they finally sent him a phone because he's an influencer. And what these guys had done is they took like a very expensive Samsung phone and put like a gold sticker on it and sent it to the guy. (laughs) But they only sent it to YouTube like personalities who have big followings. So all the other people are getting totally skunked out of their 350 bucks. And then uh, (laughs) they're just putting a golden sticker on the, yeah, the Escobar flip phone. Weird. So the drug cartel after Pablo Escobar sprouted wings and died. Uh, Did he die? I think he's gone. I'm pretty sure he's, he's, he's dead. I'm pretty sure. So, you know, let's say you got 20 bucks in your pocket. Uh Uh-huh. Which you don't because you're the age of people. Yeah, he died in 1993. People that don't call. Oh, well, then who was the guy who uh, was escaping all the time? Chapo. El Chapo. Chapo, that's the guy. Different guy. guy. You're thinking of a different drug cartel. A different drug cartel. Well, you got to keep your drug cartel. You got to keep your cartel guys in order. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not like they have trading cards for these guys, okay? They probably do. (laughs) I'm I'm willing to bet. Let's see. Yeah. Uh, We're giving this guy a drug cartel. Trading cards. Yeah. They'll probably get a three pinata rating, or what was the deal? <laughs> oh, goodness. Prepaid cards in El Chapo's drug operation. Oh, wow. You could get like a prepaid drug card from El Chapo. <laughs> <laughs> You're kidding me. <laughs> the gift card. The, it's like a marijuana the cocaine, card? The or cocaine something? gift card or something. Oh, cartel, Lord. Cartel greeting cards. Good. The, the people, people will make money off of anything. That's nuts. A cartel greeting card. <laughs> Okay, can we? Is it is it wrong? If it's we, literally uh, Pablo Escobar's uh, his um, what do you call it? Mugshot on a greeting card. This we, is hilarious. Okay, it's not a sin if we buy one uh, for two dollars and ninety eight cents. Let's only two dollars and thirty eight cents when you buy three. His his. Um, uh, let's buy. Three I'm telling of you them. though, his uh, miles. Let's buy three of them. Yeah, and let's send it to three different guys, and we'll pick who the guys are. We're going to send them to. Oh my goodness, this is some fun oh. stuff here. But his mugshot is classic because he's smiling like it, like it's like a family picture. Well, exactly. It's not a yeah. It's not an embarrassment for him. Oh my goodness! Now, do you get the set like El Chapo and Escobar, or is it all three of the same? Uh, this is what's on the front of it. His mugshot. He looks like somebody. He looks like he could be a Childers. He does. I he hate get, to break it to you, but that's that's a children's look right there. Well, he looks like he's from Remember My Family. Pablo. Oh, you remember when my son had the beard? Yeah. Or, or the or the, the mustache? He was looking like the guy from Narcos. Yeah. Everybody, when he was in, uh, they would offload the boat in. Uh, offload uh, the boat. That's what they call they it. Offload you know? the boat. In Cabo San Lucas. Oh. <laughs> he's getting looks. The, the customs guy literally told him, he goes, hey, I, I didn't know we, we were getting the guy from Narcos as the captain. I said, you better shave that thing off, bro. Yeah. He goes, no, they love it down there in Mexico. Yeah, so the, car- my the cartel mind. greeting card. When we buy 50 of them, they are only $1.95 I don't piece. think we're going we to buy 50. 50 of them, but two or three would be kind of funny. So funny. I want to you know, send one to Ray Bentley. Yeah, we could do that. we just send them to all of our close friends in the church. I, I, yeah. Send one to I Ray, could, send one to David, the Pablo Escobar Send one to Mike. Card. Thinking of you. Yeah, thinking of you. Thinking of you. Yeah. All right. Man, we, we got to get those. Right. You know what? We should probably get a pack of those things. We could send them to our loyal listeners. Mm-hmm. You know, if we knew who All they were. All two of them. Both of them. Mm-hmm. Wow. Dude, that's awesome. And nobody could ever doubt this show is, like, live, and we're thinking of stuff on the on the fly, so to speak. Okie dokie. All right. Hmm. Hmm. Is it question time? It is. You know, we missed something. What did we miss? We missed Ash Wednesday. Well, you see the first question on here. I know. That's what I thought about. We totally blew it because I saw some people with ashes. Yeah. You know, we would probably be accused of being emergent or, you know, part of the spiritual formation crowd or something if we we did Ash Wednesday. We're we're not Catholic. We're not. But I'll tell you what. If we could somehow blend 
being evangelical Christians yeah. with some hand signals like the Catholics. Well, you know, we may start a movement that, that there, there are be, some Protestants that do some of that. We'd be amazing at that. Some of the some of the Presbyterians, some of the Lutherans, some of the Anglicans. They're a little bit more traditional, shall we say? No liturgical. way. Now you know what comes the day before Ash Wednesday. Fat Tuesday. Fat Tuesday. We totally did Fat and Tuesday. You know what comes before Fat Tuesday? What? Mardi Gras. Oh, is that it? Yeah. I was never a Mardi Gras guy. Yeah, me neither, because we don't live in the South. We don't. But you know who does? Sandy Adams? Boudreaux. What, the Boudreaux? He loved the Mardi Gras and yeah, the mead and the mud duck soup Gosh, and the, oh, the cayenne pepper believe. cooking and the mud. Eat, what, oh. I can't believe that you didn't get that at all. No, I totally I, threw you a softball like nothing else, and you didn't. I sleep at the wheel. I might have having some coronavirus. You must. It's gone straight oh, to your head. man, I... I think I need some gator. Right, should we should we do a question or two? Because we're like thirty minutes into our conversation here. Yeah, but I thought it was great. It was it was a good. I mean, minutes. we were entertained. I felt it. Did you yeah, feel? I, I felt it was it. a disturbance in the force. Uh, uh, we I'm need to get some, some Jedi outfits. Heck, no. if you're going to be liturgical, Catholicio. Oh, I got a great so a uh, dress up story for you. I get home yesterday, and uh, Elliot. Normally, we don't buy two-liter bottles of soda, right? But apparently, we ended up with two two-liter bottles of soda, so they were all gone. Elliot's sister, Addison, who is very artistic, and it, she's really good at making stuff. She's got mad skills. She took an Amazon box, a cardboard box from Amazon, mm-hmm. and two two-liter bottles and a whole bunch of blue painter's tape, and she made Elliot a full-on rocket pack. So it's like Rocket Man. He's got little jet nice. packs. With two liter bottles on the back of it, you fill those things up with uh, like well, vinegar. She and... put a little bit of water in the uh-huh. in them, and then she put red food coloring. So it's like he's got oh, red. Oh, dude! And he so he goes outside on his electric scooter. We got these cool little electric scooters, and Elliot he wants to show his mom how he can rocket man on the electric scooter. So she went in to get her phone because she wanted a picture. When she came out, Elliot's on the ground. He ran into a mailbox. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think he was looking the other way and rocking in and smack. He's laying on the ground kind of like, oh, that hurt. He's okay. But it was kind of like he rocketed right into the mailbox. It's too bad you missed that. Oh, beautiful. That, oh, man. I told you what Evangeline told me when we came in the garage this morning, right? We're yeah. going to get in the car. Evangeline, we step into the garage. Evangeline goes, ugh, smells like Walmart. <laughs> Did you did you have something from Walmart in your I garage? Went, I went, what does Walmart Walmart smell like? She goes, bad. <laughs> I was like, all right. I don't know. Well, you know, my, I didn't catch the Walmart whiff. My brother, <laughs> my, the brother that I have that works in China. Yeah. We went into Harbor Freight and Tools one day. Yeah. And he goes, he goes, this is what China smells like. I go, come on. He goes, no. manufacturing. The Th- smell this of manufacturing. Is what China smells like. Right. Same paint smell. It's yeah, yeah. The smell of manufacturing. That's lead paint. What yeah. You're so that's the good stuff. All right. Yeah, you did hear a bit in China because they shut everything down that the, uh, you the can amount actually, of smog went down precipitously. Well, you can actually see China now from Google Earth. Right, yeah. All Before the, it was all the under smog a was gone. cloud of stuff. All right, questions. Question all right, number, number one. Number one. Uno, uno. What is Lent for? That was a big, you yelled Lent. that one. I'm going to have to decrease your volume. What is Lent? Oh, good. What is Lent for? Is it okay to follow it? Oh, okay. Well, if you are a Catholic, Sure. And some Protestants, like I said, there are some Protestants who follow Lent as well. It's kind of a trendy hipster thing right now for hipster Christians to do the Ash Wednesday Lent deal. So Lent is a period of fasting. And I love this word. One of my favorites. Mortification. The mortification. Mortified. The mortification of sin. So it is a period of fasting and mortification of the flesh. Self-denial. That people observe some more traditional... That'll Christians, never catch especially on. Catholics, they they observe after Fat Tuesday. They observe Ash Wednesday, and then from Ash Wednesday until Easter Sunday, for forty days, they observe Lent, in which, generally speaking, people will fast from some specific thing. A lot of times, people fast from you know not eating meat, or they you know some sort of they don't drink any alcohol, or you know I've heard people fast chocolate. Yeah, no one's allowed to fast from this podcast. You need to feast on the questions podcast. Yeah, this 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 is filling of the soul. I think it is. Yeah, yeah, and it makes some people laugh, which laughter is good. The joy of the Lord is our strength, bro. Yeah, man. Come on, man. It's good for the heart to laugh. Yeah. So yeah, so Lent is that period of fasting, mortification of sin. 
Wow. Self-denial. You go, Morty. Between Ash Wednesday leading up to Easter Sunday. Okay, so I'm going to, you know, let me editorialize. Like, it's probably, in a dogmatic sort of way, probably not a great thing. But if you want to take a period, if this is your cue to take a period of, you know, Lord, I'm going to, not I'm going to do without this thing so that during this time I can focus I can focus on you the time I would normally spend watching my news program that I get all spun up about I'm going to read my I Bible thoroughly support fasting the news observing Lent and fasting from the news until Easter that may be the greatest ABC thing ever. NBC CBS MSNBC Fox News CNN H I J K L M N O P guarantee I guarantee. Your level of happiness will increase while your level of anxiety decreases. I know this because I speak from experience. Really? Yeah. I decided years ago I was going to stop watching the TV news. And uh, I found that my, uh, my anxiety about things decreased. This is a long time ago now. I stopped watching it. Plus, we haven't had cable for yeah. the entire time we've been married. Let me, let me ask my consultant yes. here. Buddha, what do you think? And Boudreau would say, Boudreau don't listen to no news. I don't want any no news. I, I guarantee. I give you. You're going to be the happiness of your life when you just be, just go down to the swamp and soak a worm and catch yourself a fish. There you go. You'd be a happy man. That's what Boudreau said. Love your wife. Amen. All right. I wholeheartedly agree Okay, with that. so it's, go ahead and follow Lent if it's, you're going to honor God you're going to take some time off from something and, and, and honor the Lord, kind of like fasting. but It is fasting. But don't get all crazy, like, you know, don't get all Catholic on me. Okay. All right, we'll go with that. Number right. two, God gave Abraham. Abraham. Yeah. The land for his people and descendants. Why is Palestine still in part of the land? Question mark. Why haven't they been destroy Ooh, that's kind of a destruction Ooh. woe unto you pharisees children of bewile whitewash sepulchers i just had to get out my inner fud you got the voice thing today i know okay all right why is palestine still in the well let's let's observe the fact that there is no such thing historically as palestine prior to the romans expelling the jews from their land the land of canaan the land of israel and right around the early part of the 2nd century A.D., so 120 around there, uh, during the Bar Kokhba Revolt, um, the Romans ultimately expelled the Jews from their land, and they changed the name of the land after also devastating the land, salting the land, destroying everything. Uh, they changed it under the Roman language to, you know, basically what we would call Palestine, Philistine country. They took the, uh, the name of Israel's arch enemies, and they basically named the land after that, Palestine. So that's where the concept kind of kind of giving them the finger a little bit, right? Yeah. So so the idea of Palestine is is a construct, it's a created situation, and um, and so then the idea of the Palestinians. There's a lot of discussion about who is this people group that are the Palestinians, and it's mostly agreed from what I have read that they are effectively Jordanians, Arabs from Jordan. Uh, and not necessarily even Philistine peoples who were actually coastal peoples who probably came from the islands of the Mediterranean and immigrated into that region of the world around 1200 BC, somewhere around there. Actually, maybe a little bit more than that. But um, so, so there's some actual history you can read on that whole thing. But yeah, the idea that the Palestinians and the land of Palestine, that's actually a construct. And in the modern geopolitics, of course, it causes all kinds of problems because you have a group of people within the nation of Israel um, who are this group of people, and they are hoping to have uh, a two-state solution. There are some people who want a two-state solution, but it seems that some of the leaders of the Arab peoples that are of Palestinian origin, if you would call them that in this day and age, uh, there's a number of the leaders in those groups that actually don't want a two-state solution. They actually want a one-state solution for them, and they would like to get rid of Israel. But many of the leaders in Israel for quite a while have been uh, more than willing to try to accomplish a two-state solution, but in, effectively they kind of have called the bluff of some of the leaders that are within the Palestinian community. So um, why haven't they been destroyed? Well, this is going back to a very Old Testament idea, uh, what we're going to be talking about quite, quite a bit when we get more into Deuteronomy, though it's taken us a while. 
And uh, we do see that when the children of Israel came into the land, they were to expel their enemies from the land. And um, I think that that was a very distinct call and thing that was taking place when the children of Israel were coming into the land. We don't see any other exhortation to the people of Israel after they came into the land to do that. Even when they come back from the exile, after they're taking, taken to Babylon, they are never encouraged by God after that point to do anything like that again. So there's a particular reason why that happens under the first conquest of the land. We'll talk about that when we get into yeah. Deuteronomy a little bit more. That was not carried over later on, so that's not, that's not happening any longer. Right. And then yeah. uh, one thing we have to understand, too, is in modern Israel, uh-huh. there are a lot of uh, people that are um, they're Arabs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That live and they there. live in Israel, no problem. And they live in Israel, no problem. In fact, we have a new, uh, new uh, member of our church, shall I say. Um, he's attending our church the last few weeks. Oh, cool. And uh, he's a former missionary in Nazareth to Arab people groups. This is someone you're going to want to meet. Well, His I probably know Dr. Ray. I'm trying to remember his last name, but Dr. Ray is uh, somewhat of an expert as it relates to missions in the Middle East and served in Nazareth and uh, used to teach at Golden Gate Seminary. And a uh, pretty solid dude. Got to meet him a few weeks ago. Uh, he probably knows some of the same people. I think he does. So we're going to see him. He's supposed to be at the newcomers event. Oh, fantastic. So we'll see. Because um, he would be have... an interesting expert to talk on this topic. Well, it would. and Because I have friends in Nazareth. Yep. They are Arab Christians. They are of the Baptist persuasion. Of the Baptist persuasion. Then he knows them for sure. Full on awesome believers. Right. And uh, I actually had the opportunity where my daughter went and lived in Nazareth. Not a bad place to live. No, kind of the hometown well, of a kind of somewhat important yeah, guy. Yeah, pretty pretty big cheese guy. Yeah, but she got Can to live. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Yes, apparently so. Oh man, they got great bread. There That's not what coffee. I was talking about. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus, but the, the bread of life. But uh, anyway, my oldest daughter got to live in Nazareth for two months with an Arab Christian family, and uh, she was working she on. She probably her looked like she Arabic fit in okay there. Yeah, they did. They said that she looked like an. She Israeli. looks like she could live there, no problem. Yeah, but she it was a great experience for her. Super cool. And I know some people thought we were crazy, but uh, well, there's some real solid thinking Christians. may have been true. You know what's cool in Nazareth? Hmm. They have a place called Nazareth Village, uh-huh. and it reenacts the time, the period of Jesus. And, and when you're all done at the end, you get to eat food. Well, that's always a plus. Speaking of Nazareth and Israel, I'm supposed to be there at the end of next month. And Israel has closed their borders to anyone coming into the country from another country due to coronavirus. coronavirus. So you have to be under a fourteen-day um, a fourteen-day quarantine when you come into the country. So that kind of uh, cuts down on tourism a little. Hampers bit. some things. Yeah. yeah. So that'll that'll slow things down a little bit. Okay. So that's why they haven't been destroyed. We know that that's not God's big plan. So um, okay, number three. Someone in our church said we are not fully redeemed until we get to heaven. Because we still have a sin nature. She used Ephesians 1, 13 through 14, and 2 Corinthians 1, 21 through 22. Right. Mm. Well, yes. So I think that this requires a little bit of uh, thought into what's going on here in this passage, but we should also look at some of these passages. So Ephesians 1, verses 13 and 14, is actually talking about um, the fullness of the Holy Spirit being given to us as a down payment until we experience uh, the, the finalization, if you will, of our redemption. So when we talk about salvation, we should understand that salvation is spoken of in three different tenses in the Scripture, past, present, and future, that we have been saved from our sins, which is justification, just as if we had never sinned. God dealt with our sin. Jesus paid the price on the cross. That's justification. So we have been saved. We are being saved. This is the process of sanctification, whereby God, by his Holy Spirit and the working of his word and the life of the believer, makes us more and more like Christ, transforms us day and day more and more into the image of Christ, the likeness of Christ. And that is that we are being sanctified. Uh, and then we shall be saved, the redemption of our bodies, when we are glorified in the presence of God. So in one sense, what this person has said to you is true in the sense that you have not experienced the fullness of the redemptive work of God yet, because you still got this, this uh, corrupted body. Paul in 1 Corinthians 15 says that this corruption will put on incorruption, this mortality will put on immortality. 
And in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we shall be transformed. So we're looking forward to that transformation when we receive a new body, which is like unto the glorious body of our Lord. There are many passages of Scripture that deal with this in the New Testament, and uh, God will transform us. So if you're a Christian, you have put your trust and faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. You have been justified. You are in the process of being sanctified, and one day you will be glorified. And then the redemptive work is complete. So what we, what we see in time as something that is being, uh, how shall I say, is being worked out. We're working out our own mm-hmm. salvation of fear and trembling. What is being worked out in time to God is a completed work because he sees things, the end from the beginning. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, the one who was and is and is to come. So he sees it all as done. Uh, but we are experiencing the process of salvation. I think that answers it. Yeah, I don't, I don't see any reason to add anything on to that. Yeah. That answers it. Nailed I think it. so. Nailed it. Good. Okay. That's a good question, too. I like that. I like yeah. that because uh, I think it's important for people to understand what salvation is and that it exists in those three tenses, past, present, future, justification, sanctification, glorification, and that we have been set free from the punishment of sin. That's justification. We are being delivered from the power of sin, sanctification. We shall be delivered from the presence of sin, glorification. There That'll preach, as there they say. Go. Yeah, big time. Yeah. Okay, number four. The, it says canon. Canon. The standard the of rule of sacred writings. Uh-huh. What are the sacred writings? Hmm. Well, dun, when, dun, I, dun, when I heard dun, canon, you know, I thought of the canon that goes boom. <laughs> And then the canon, the camera, but this is not that canon. Different type of canon. This is the canon of Scripture, yeah. right? So the canon of Scripture. Um, the canon is a, a gathering together of, of books, and it comes from the idea of the rule or the measuring stick. And so we have these, these books that are gathered together as the sacred writings, as this person says. So that's the biblical canon of scripture yeah some made the grade some didn't did they well yeah i mean when you look at the old testament um there's uh, a fair amount of evidence especially from around the time that the septuagint was translated which is the the greek translation of the hebrew scriptures there's a fair amount of evidence from the third century bc that the jews had a a clear canon of of sacred texts that is the same canon that we have the 39 books of the old testament so genesis to malachi and um, so that was pretty set among the Jews during the time of third century BC. Um, so the time of Christ, what was the Old Testament canon was very much the same as what we also have. Now, there were other sacred writings that the Jews held in high regard. And if you're a Catholic and you have a Catholic Bible, you will see some of those books. Sirach. Yeah. And the books of first and second Maccabees and Tobit and, you know, all of those books. Um this is what we call the Apocrypha. And so there were other sacred writings. The Book of Enoch was one of them that the Jewish people knew and understood, but they did not hold them in the same high uh, regard as the canon of Scripture. And like I said, there are some writings, and I'm trying to remember the name of one of them that's very specific, that talks about the gathering together of the, um, of the Septuagint, which was translated, and I want to say 280-285 BC, somewhere around there, and it happened in Alexandria, Egypt. Um, but there was a, a document that came out during that time, and the, the name escapes me. I'll, I'll look it up and remember it another time. But that, that really outlines uh, what, those, what those books of the Old Testament canon were. Okay. So, so that's established. So then when we get into the New Testament, the 27 books of the New Testament that we, we hold to as being uh, scriptural, canonical. Um, Ooh, those canonical, also, I like that. Right. By the early 2nd century, uh, there was a pretty standard sacred text gathering of sacred texts, including the epistles of Paul and the gospels, the four gospels that we know of, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, uh, the writing of Luke, so Luke and Acts, and then the other, what we call general epistles, those would be Hebrews and James and 1st, 2nd, 3rd John and 1st, 2nd Peter, and then the uh, the book of Jude also, and then the book of Revelation. So, so in the early 2nd century, you already had a gathering together of the sacred writings of the New Testament and the sacred writings of the Old Testament were being uh, distributed and widely copied for the church. But it wasn't until the 4th century that 
there was a widespread agreement that, okay, this, this is what we hold to as the canon. But if you look at a lot of writings going back to the second century and some of the, the early church fathers, you will see that, yes, they, they did hold to the basic books of what we hold to now. Now, obviously you fast forward into our day and there have been other groups that have said there are other sacred writings, but uh, we don't see anything that supports that, especially in the second century. And uh, so, yeah, so I would say that you can, you can hold on to pretty tightly the 66 books of scripture, the 39 of the Old Testament, the 27 of the New Testament, as this is the sacred writings. These are the sacred writings of the canon of scripture and say, yeah, this is, this is all that is needed for faith and practice. And might as well throw this out there. You want to explain a little bit about Josephus? I, there is another question here too. Um, oh, really? About I think there's another question that asks something. Da, 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 da. Are there? Look at number nine. Are there other books besides the Bible? Oh, that was on the other side. So, okay, got so it. we can we can hit that as well. But yeah, because um, I was going to talk about Josephus when we get down to that. So maybe we can save that. for Yeah, yeah we'll save it. I I, I didn't that. see that question, so yeah, that's yeah. good. So no that's immediately what came to mind. Right. Okay. Yeah, there are extra biblical writings. Number we'll five. Uh, a pastor said, nothing can touch us without God's permission. Can it be that any and everything that happens to us is approved by God before it happens? And I know I've heard the expression, you know, no trial comes to you unless it's slipped through God's hands first. I've That's not that. a verse. It, no, not at all. But mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've heard that in pulpits. Right, right. It's kind of a saying you see on calendars next to the footprints thing. You know? I think it's on the Pablo Escobar greeting card. I'm pretty if sure. not, I bet those are customizable. I'm pretty sure it's on there. Yeah, exactly. You know? Um, yeah, so that so it, it's worth saying. Just I like know what said. I'm writing as a greeting in the card now. <laughs> Dear uh, David, <laughs> nothing, know that nothing, nothing comes no, to tr- you. no trial comes to you unless it has slipped through God's hands first. Enjoy jail. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so this is not a verse. Can we send one to Harvey Weinstein? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> when the news blurs. Yeah. Uh, all right, we better get back to it here. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. God's permission and all. A pastor said nothing can touch you without God's permission. Okay, I would say that generally this idea is going to come about through... Um, some people's interpretation of Job 1 and 2 and the conversation that takes place between God and an individual who I talked much of about six months ago when we did a short study in the book of Job. People are still talking about that. Are they? Yeah. Characterized as the Satan, the Satan, in the passage of Job 1 and 2. So there's, there's definitely interpretation and interpretation that people carry over from Job 1 and 2 that seems to lead to this concept that nothing is going to happen to you apart from God's permission. And there are a couple of other verses and a few other places where people might try to build that case. And I, I mean, obviously, we believe in the sovereignty of God. Uh, we do believe that God, um, you know, he is omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent, the omni-attributes of God. So he's all-knowing. He's omniscient. And so if he is omniscient, then I have to assume, according to God's omniscience, he knows all the things that I am experiencing going through. And according to Job 1 and 2, some people conclude that, you know, nothing could happen to Job that Satan seems to bring about in Job 1 and 2 that didn't first pass through God's hands. And, you know, I think that, yeah, you you could probably make a case. I have a different way of interpreting Job 1 and 2, and we've talked about that before. And if you want to know more about that, you can go listen to my my series on uh, the book of Job. It's only uh, it's only like six messages, so it's not... You can listen to it in double speed in, in three hours, so it's no big deal. <laughs> or half speed in 12. Well, there you go. I sound very interesting yeah, at half speed. speed. I think you're doing the math wrong, but anyways... Um, probably. Yeah, uh, so... I'm kidding. So, um, no, no. Hang do on you a think? No, you're right. I'm messing with. Okay. You. Do you think that everything that happens to you has to receive God's stamp of permission first, Mark? I don't see that in Scripture. Yeah, I tend I to not th- hold that position. Yeah, I, I tend to think He knows, especially yeah. if I'm praying about it. Uh, I think that's why it's good to pray. I think He knows when we have trials. What do you think about the passages in the Bible? where it seems like God changes his mind or seems to move based upon the prayers of one of his people. 
whereas he apparently would not have moved had it not been for the prayers of the people. Well, I, th- I think when you look at some of the examples is that there's a test there and he's looking to see how this person is going to react, uh, what their heart is going to do and how they're going to take action in these things. So let me give you an example, a biblical example. Hezekiah, king, during the time of Isaiah, he comes down ill, gets a sickness. God says, Isaiah, go tell Hezekiah he's going to die. So Isaiah's got a great bedside manner. It's kind of like you. Yeah. Walks in, says, hate to break it to you, buddy. You're dead. Walks out. Yeah. Hezekiah, scripture says, turns, faces the wall, cries out, God, I've been pretty good. And he, it's true, he's been pretty good. I need more time. And then God tells Isaiah, go tell him, give him 15 more years. It's a pretty interesting passage. What do you think about that? Well, I think he was looking for a reaction. Yeah. And he had a choice. Yeah. And I think when Hezekiah did that, it was also for Hezekiah's benefit because I bet those 15 years he lived differently than if he had not thought he was going to die. Right. And I think he didn't all, because he begat a son two years later named yeah, NASA it, that he really screwed up yeah, on raising he messed that, that kid. one up. Yeah. yeah. So, but I mean, if you He's take kind like, of a screw up that Hezekiah, uh, Abraham he probably should have just bit got the chorizo and yeah, just gone for done it. to finish. Yeah. Cheeseburger. But, yeah. So, if you take Abraham, yeah, per adventure, Lord, per adventure. Oh, Genesis eighteen. There you go. Like he was the first like negotiator. He was like He's an, an agent, inter- an intercessor. Yeah, he was like an agent though. Right. Like, he was like you know the first good Jewish sports agent, so to speak. There you go. He was. He was. Hey, God, come on. You know. Hey, what, what do you think? And I think it shows his nephew should be really happy. He, did he that. should be that he was bargaining on his nephew's behalf. But I do think it shows like, okay, well, you know, God's, he's listening. And, you know, he's not some mean, immovable object that he's, he has some, you know, we obviously get our human-like qualities from him. Right. The good ones. And so uh, I think it, he's demonstrating that there's grace and there's mercy. Uh, let's see the, um, uh, one of my favorite stories with Hannah, her heart changes as to why she wants a child. And all of a sudden God grants her a child. I think it's a great, that's a great thing. And so I like it when it appears people cry out and God answers them and changes what he's going to do. So I, I think that's an awesome thing. I think there's another verse that comes to my mind. That's interesting too. I mean, all these things I think are worth really meditating on and thinking about because like Paul, I believe it's in Philippians chapter one. He's in prison. He says to the Philippians, you know, according to your prayers and the supply of the Holy spirit, I shall be delivered to you. So he's like, Hey guys, listen, I'm in jail. Pray and uh, pray that the Lord would deliver me according to your prayers. I'm going to be delivered. And then, you know, there's another passage with Hezekiah. Hezekiah's nation. Well, the nation is just being devastated by the Assyrians and I think it's like 46 of his major cities are destroyed, mm-hmm. except one, Jerusalem. And he's holed up in Jerusalem. They're under siege by the Rabshaka. He's the commander of the Assyrian armies of Sennacherib. Really great titles and names. Sennacherib's great. That Sennacherib, one's falling out. Yeah. Sargon, Tiglath-Pileser. Oh, great names. I think, I think we should bring back Tiglath-Pileser. Do you think that maybe Garrett and Grace would go with Tiglath-Pileser for a I think the they're actually, one? no, they're considering Rosemary, if it's a girl. Rosemary. Rose, Rosemary Ro- or Rose. Rosemary? No, Rose. Rose. And then Marie, okay. I think, is the middle name. Mm. And then, uh, if it's a boy, Fenton. Fenton. You know where that comes from? Not entirely sure. Fenton Hardy, from the Hardy Boys books. The dad's name was Fenton. Which one of them likes Fenton? They both do. Gotcha. They were going to name him Steel Hatch, but they thought that might not happen. That'd be great. Fenton Steel Hatch. Fenton Steel Hatch. Steel would be the middle name. I think Tiglath Pileser is much, much better. So, I Garrett wanted Grace, to name a kid. I, I think yeah. you should think about it. But anyway, so. Um, race, like Race Bannon on Johnny Quest. That, yeah, that's no. one I want. So, to so the, the city is surrounded by the armies of Assyria, and Hezekiah prays to God, brings this letter that the commander of the armies of, armies of Assyria brought on behalf of Sennacherib the king. He lays it out before the Lord and he prays. And then God says, because you have prayed to me, yep, this is what I'm going to do. And you kind of wonder, if he didn't pray, would God not have intervened? It seems I'm, like I'm, in, the, in the story with Abraham, yeah, 
Would I, would he have not intervened if Abraham did not intercede? I don't know. Well, and then with Abraham and Isaac, look at that deal. Which one? Oh, on the mountain. Yeah. Genesis I mean, 22. God told them one thing was going to happen. And I mean, some, you know, some very old, old Isaac's got to be... Man, I mean, I don't want to freak people out, but yeah. I mean... We're giving a lot of wood here. I would say you better start Pops. praying. You better start praying. Yeah, I think that'd be a good idea to start. And while you're praying, pray for Mark and Miles because we got all kinds of problems. Yeah, Rome. You know Romans five. That's one of my favorite verses. I you like know it that. too. I all, like it too. God wants us to pray and be asking Him. Amen. Because He's checking to see where our hope is. Okay. Well, number six. That was amazing. Yeah. I don't uh, think we're going to get through all eleven yeah, questions today. Well, if we have two hours, we will. Yeah. Okay. On the question having to do with parenting kids from last week, what's it look like to train your kids up in the way they should go? Proverbs twenty two six and Ephesians six four. Mark, you have trained your children up. Mine are still in the process of training. So why don't you weigh in on this? What's it look like to train your children in the way they should go? I think you need to teach them. Uh huh. To we're going to talk a lot about this in Deuteronomy six. Yeah, I, I think first of all, you live. You need to live live, live a godly example life. Right. An example. Mm. So uh, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Yes. And so, cause your kids learn from what you do, not what you say. And so if you live a submitted dependent life, one that is dependent and submitted to God, your children will see that as an example. So part of their training is what you do from, you know, A to B, you let them in on there and then you set godly standards for them. Now and there is no guarantee no. That they're going to walk in the way that they should go. No, there is no guarantee that your but, children will walk with the Lord. But the probability increases. I think it does. Right. And, and I think it does because they see what works. And even if they go from a time of rebellion. A lot, always, of, a lot of people do. Right. And we see this in, there's so many lessons in the parable of the prodigal son. And one of the lessons was, is and, and we know this is primarily about the son who thought he was righteous, but one of the th- lessons you do learn in the parable of the prodigal son is all of a sudden that prodigal son starts to remember what it looked like at home. Right. And, and I think that's important because yeah. as you have adult children and they start to go and reflect back on, you know, this is how my parents settled things. And this is what I was taught in scripture and all these things. And so they have this kind of baseline for this. And so I've even seen prodigal children that have lived like hell, so to speak, Come back to the Lord, and as adults, yeah. have pretty fruitful life. So I think Scripture is your standard. Um, do not be hyper spiritual or over spiritual. I, I think that's, that's a good a one. Really, yeah. really important. Uh, one of the things all my children knew is, you know, you don't have to be super Christian or a, a, a pastor to be a Christian. There's some people. Our that, kids, your kids, and my kids, they know that for sure because they have well, us, us as their yeah. dads. Yeah, but yeah, and for I, sure. I think it's really important to be the same. Now, this is for pastors. Be the same person at church that you are at home, and vice versa. Right. And then there's no disparity between the two. So good, good counsel. Teach them to love and respect God. Yeah. Teach them to have a show them what a personal relationship with the Lord is, and talk about stuff when you're having to make a sacrifice or you're having to make a decision. I think it's really good to be transparent with your kids and say, "This is why we're doing this." Right. And, and I yeah. and I think you know my my perspective on this being in a little bit different space than you are with mm-hmm. my kids, uh, still at the a little bit younger end on this one, is that I think that the training of your child is not simply telling your kids, you know, how, or what to think and what to do, but to train them in the principles of Scripture so that they can make those decisions based on the principles of Scripture when right. you're not there exactly. directing them. It's not reciting a list of rules and right. expecting them to follow that. It's teaching them. Now, this is a rare thing. Yeah. Teaching people how to, I call it uh, spiritual, critical thinking. Yes, I would agree with that. When it's not written down specifically, being able to go back and go, okay, how does this check against Scripture, this situation? And doing that. And if you could teach your child to do that. Because the Bible doesn't have a thou shalt or thou shalt not for every possible thing we will encounter. But it does have principles through which you can filter filter all the things that you go through that will tell you yay, nay. Right. Sometimes you have to. Like my old King James English there. Yay, nay. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, things that we bump across every day immediately. I mean, you know, 
what you're looking at on your cell phone is not really addressed in the Bible until you start to go, oh, yeah, no, hold on. This biblical principle is linked to this. Or, uh, you know, they didn't have an IRS back in the day when Jesus walked the earth, but they certainly had Rome, and they certainly taught you to render under Caesar what was Caesar's. And so there's a biblical principle we can carry into our modern lives. And so uh, spiritual critical thinking is absolutely key. important. Very key. Or to continue on to the next generation. Agreed. But if you're legalistic and you're fake, your kids will do horrible. Most likely. Yeah. Don't be, seen, don't be an imposter Christian. Oh, that I can't, I can't think of anything worse. Yeah. The, the, the statistics on that that I've seen are bad. So don't do it. I will slap your hand. Okay. Number seven. I think that maybe this might be our last one on this one. Okie dokie. We'll save the rest. Okay. In the presidential primaries until last week, there were several women running to be nominated. If Israel was supposed to choose men as leaders, do you think a woman can or should be president? Sure, she can. Uh, Should is a different thing, but can. You know, I don't think I would see any problem with a woman being president if she has the ability to do so and she can lead and others will follow and she's wise and knowledgeable and understanding. Great. I mean, the, the first really strong woman leader that comes to my mind in kind of a modern context, even though it was a while ago, was Margaret Thatcher. Maggie Thatcher? I was thinking of Margaret Thatcher. Yeah, she was, she was and, a good leader. Uh, I think she was a very competent leader. Yeah. And she, you know, one of the amazing things, you know, she, with the work of Ronald Reagan and the work of Pope John Paul, in a lot of ways, the downfall of the Soviet Union and communism uh, has a lot to do with Maggie Thatcher and uh, Ronald Reagan and, and uh, Pope John Paul. So, yeah, I, I don't think that there's any thing in scripture that would articulate uh, a standard of practice or principle against women in uh, leadership roles as it relates to uh, local government, state government, federal government, you know, international politics, national politics. Right. I, don't, I don't have Corporations. Corporations, right. Yeah. You know, and I, I tend to be of the mindset that the most competent to lead should be the people who lead. And, you know, there's some pretty competent men and women that I've interacted with over the years, I go, yeah, I'd have no problem voting for that person if they're competent and they have good policies. Yeah. I just haven't seen one yet that I could say, I like the policies and I'd vote for that person based on the policies, principles right. and policies. Politicians or women? Yeah. Politicians in general. are. Hard. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Politicians. I just haven't, regardless of their. I do think in 2024, yeah. we're going to have a, I, I have a feeling that on the, on both Republican side and Democrat side in 2024, you're going to see a number of women who are running for president. And one of the ones that I think has some interesting potential is uh, a gal named Nikki Haley, who was working for the Trump administration at the UN. And uh, she was a politician. I, I want to say maybe South Carolina, something like yeah. that. I'm not entirely sure. North is she Carolina. pro-life? Yes, she's pro-life. Oh, fantastic. And I, I think she has, um, she might be of Indian descent from India. Oh, really? I think so. Cool. Yeah. She has family we're immigrants here. But she's born here, right? Uh, yes. Because you can't be El Presidente unless you're born here. You cannot run for president. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, South I've, Carolina, I, former legislator. I'm more, Carolina. obviously, most interested in their stance on biblical issues and then their qualifications. Yeah. So that's my, my thing. And so, I, you know, I've got a daughter. I think she'd make a great president. There you go, man. There you go. So. She should run. Well, she has to be 35. Yeah, she's got to get a little older. A little bit older. She's not there yet. Yeah. So. Okay, so for our, you know, our listeners. Yeah. I had an idea. Hmm. They could come up and recite. Second, Second Timothy, Timothy 1.7. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound Own mind. I think that's a good idea. Memorize scripture. The memory verse for this week. Second Timothy Chapter 1, verse 7. You need to get the uh, the verse reference, too. We want the verse reference. That's what yeah. we make the kids in the children's ministry. It's like a they wanna. don't get their Bible box without yeah. verse reference. So you know what? You roll up and just you don't, just lay it on me. There That's what I want to hear. I want to know you're listening and you're memorizing this. Right. And um, Do it every time you wash your hands. If your question did not get answered on this week's questions podcast, we have four questions, three or four questions that we didn't get to. We'll do it next week. We will get to them next week. Some really important things to talk about next week. So, um, may God keep you safe from the coronavirus. Safe from panic. 
and keep you well supplied with toilet paper and water and bottled water because those apparently are the most important staples yeah. in this whole thing. I've got mine. It was a true gift. There you go. I just took it from the bathroom here. Gave oh, it to okay. You. So, so now I got to share it, it with people. You got to yeah. put it back. Wow. All right. We need well, that here. You think? Yeah. All right. Hopefully we'll see everybody on Sunday. If not, watch us on YouTube or something. Maybe we'll be live on YouTube. All right. Adios. Peace out. Bye.